And welcome to it, the Pure Opelka podcast for Wednesday, the 27th of July. We're almost done with July. How about that? And then we're into August, September, October, and boom, November, the midterm elections. I wish today was the midterm election happening right now so we could witness that massive red wave the opening of a 16-ounce can of whoop-ass on the Democrats and their evil agenda. Yes, it is evil. I believe it's evil. We have a lot to get to today on this Wednesday, July 27th. Jim Stovall is dropping by, our buddy Jim Stovall, with his winner's wisdom that he shares with us each week. We've got that coming up just a little bit. And we also have to um, recap yesterday, because yesterday Donald Trump and Mike Pence both spoke in Washington, D.C. Different events, very different speeches, although I think Donald Trump sounded more like Mike Pence in tone than Mike Pence would sound like Donald Trump at a rally. Very different people. Pence is just not that exciting. Good guy, solid conservative. I don't see him as presidential. I still see him as vice presidential, and I don't think he's going to be a vice presidential candidate in 2024 either. That's a topic for another day. But, but Donald Trump yesterday speaking at the America First Institute, I thought was fantastic. I listened to the entire thing. I went back through it, called it for some statements, some clips from Mr. Trump. And uh, let's wander through a few of them. Uh, I I particularly enjoyed the long-form list of all the things that have gone wrong under Joe Biden, even though I think he left out a few. But this was Mr. Trump early on in his speech. Inflation is the highest in 49 years, 9.1%. And a lot of people think it's much higher than that. Yep. Gas prices have reached the highest in the history of our country. We have become a beggar nation groveling to other countries for energy. Millions of illegal aliens are stampeding across our wide open borders, pouring into our country. It's an invasion. Democrat run cities are setting all time murder records. Our country is being dealt one historic humiliation after another on the world stage. And at home, our most basic rights and liberties are totally under siege. The American dream is being torn to shreds, and we will not have a country left if this economic, social, and attack on civilization itself is not quickly reversed. He's right. He's right. And he left out the baby formula. He left out the deaths of our 13 American members of our military last summer in the disastrous pullout in Afghanistan under the Biden administration. He's left out all of the terrible crap that's being shoved down the throats of our kids at schools, all the indoctrination that's happening. He was speaking in general terms in the opening. He did also recap all the great things that he accomplished, he, Donald Trump, accomplished in his first four years in office, even though he also had to face a pandemic. Just two years ago, with the help of many people in this room, we had a booming economic recovery like nobody's seen before. Amen. The strongest and most secure border in U.S. history. Energy independence and even 
energy dominance, historically low gas prices, as you know, no inflation, yep. a fully rebuilt military, and a country that was highly respected all over the world by other leaders, by other countries, highly respected. Very simply, we had made America great again. We made it great again, and we did it by putting workers first, by putting families first, and above all, by putting America first. That's true. Absolutely true. Needed a standing ovation, not just that respectful applause. I know it was a formal event, very fancy. But he's right. And Donald Trump also spoke out on some social issues yesterday, too, that's getting a lot of raised eyebrows from people on the far left. And by the way, we should not allow men to play in women's sports. Correct. Correct, sir. So crazy. Yeah, I agree. He went on to uh, detail a situation of a young lady who was swimming and hoping to set a record. But um, Leah Thomas, the man who identifies as a woman, was in the same race and just smoked her because basically he's got a man's body and an advantage. Good news today, though. Leah Thomas will not be the NCAA's Woman of the Year. Nominated, but failed on that one. So sorry. So sorry that happened. Yeah. A little more from Donald Trump from yesterday. Never forget, everything this corrupt establishment is doing to me is all about preserving their power and control over the American people. Yes, sir. They want to damage you in any form, but they really want to damage me so I can no longer go back to work for you. And I don't think that's going to happen. Donald Trump basically staring down the January 6th committee and uh, the DOJ, as yesterday we learned after Merrick Garland, the attorney general, gave an interview uh, talking about prosecutions and investigations that are following up after January 6th. Sounds like he's saber rattling, saying that Donald Trump is under investigation. That's what The Washington Post is saying. I think they're going to regret that statement. I really do. Donald Trump also spoke uh, with great strength talking about how you deal with our current problem with drugs coming across the border. Obviously, you close the border to try and seal the border and prevent the drugs from coming across. But he had a very plain solution. And I can't say I disagree with him in any way, shape or form on this. They don't have any problem it doesn't take 15 years in court. It goes quickly, and you absolutely, you execute a drug dealer, and you'll save 500 lives because they kill, on average, 500 people. It's terrible to say, but you take a look at every country in this world that doesn't have a problem with that don't. Yeah, every country that will take a drug dealer out and kill them once they've been convicted, of course, they have to have their day in court. They have to have due process. You're convicted of dealing drugs in our country. You got to go. And you only have to look at the cause of death currently in this country for young people. 
Over 100,000 people killed by fentanyl and opioids last year. It's just ridiculous that we won't stand up and demand that there is something here. That we won't stand up. I, I think this was a great speech for the president. I'm, I'm amazed that Fox News ran Mike Pence's speech instead of Donald Trump's speech. But I get it. Donald Trump is going to speak for an hour and a half. And he did. By the way, can you imagine Joe Biden standing up there and speaking for an hour and a half? No, you can't because it's not possible. But Donald Trump would have eaten into a lot of commercial time for Fox. So they couldn't really carry his speech. Because if you cut away, guess what? Everyone's going to start screaming, you cut away from the speech. But Fox doesn't really appear to be that Trump-friendly anymore. And Mike Pence isn't going to get him in any trouble with their core audience. Donald Trump's speech, though, was a much better speech. Great policy speech, Mr. Trump. And I, I loved your discussion of the midterms. We gather today on the verge of a historic midterm election. The American people are poised to reject the failed reign of Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and the radical left in a momentous landslide. This is an incredible opportunity. Yes. Yes, it is. And we have to make sure we get all the way across the finish line. We have to make sure we do not let up for one second between now and the midterm elections because the Democrats are not. They will not stop. They are trying to fast track every progressive initiative they can right now because they know they're in trouble. And in case they lose power, which currently it looks like they will in a big way. Still don't know about the Senate. We got some issues in the Senate. But the House looks like it's a major turn. They're trying to push everything through. Today there is um, there's a story about, I think uh, DailyWire.com has it, several outlets covering it that the Democrats are pushing through a new bill that's all for term limits. And I saw the words term limits, and I thought, wait a minute, the Democrats want term limits? That's a major shift. Well, they want term limits, but they only want term limits for the president and the Supreme Court, not themselves. They want a mandated change in how the Supreme Court operates. And I always point to the you-first policy on these. If you think the term limits are good, you first. I'm a fan of term limits, and I would advocate, if I were elected, I would advocate for term limits. The Democrats will not, because that means they'd have to either perform and do a good job and get reelected, or they'd have to go out into the real world and get a job. No, no, that's not happening. Not happening at all. Tomorrow we get the numbers on, um, on the economy and whether or not the GDP contracted in the second quarter, which most people are afraid it did. And that really, um, that really signals a recession. And the Democrats, Biden and all the Democrats, don't want that R word. They want the R word banned. 
And if they can't ban it, they're going to redefine it. All of them are trying to redefine it. Every single one of them. It's not the technical definition. In terms of the technical definition, it's not a recession. The technical definition considers a much broader spectrum uh, of data points. That is not the actual definition of a recession. It is a significant contractionary period over a few months. I would really object to this kind of semantic claim. The idea that uh, two quarters of negative GDP growth is a technical definition of a recession is wrong. No, it's not wrong. It's what you guys have been saying for years. But now that it's on you, you're trying to remove the stink. Too bad, too late, so sad. Uh, Joe, who's still recovering from COVID, and we've been told he's returning to his exercise regimen, even though the press secretary doesn't know what the hell it is. She doesn't know much about anything. And I'll, I'll prove that to you shortly. But Joe hopes we don't have a recession. He hopes it doesn't happen. We're not going to be in a recession. Uh, in my view, uh, we, uh, the employment rate is still one of the lowest we've had in history. It's in the 3.6 area. My, my hope is we go from this rapid growth to steady growth. And uh, so see, we'll see some coming down, but I don't think we're going to, uh, God willing, I don't think we're going to see a recession. Well, and if you do, you're just going to call it something else because we know how you guys operate. It's pretty embarrassing. I did mention Corinne Jean-Pierre, KGB, as she's known in our house, the press secretary who, whenever she's asked a question on things like baby formula or the supply chain or maybe how much oil we sold to China from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. It's really almost 6 million barrels now from our Strategic Petroleum Reserve sold to China, not saved for us. Whenever you ask her a question on something, she just really doesn't know anything. I don't have anything. I, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I, I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I don't have anything. We don't have anything. I just don't have anything. Don't have anything. So I don't have anything. 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 I just don't have. These are all different questions that she's being asked. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. Don't have anything. I don't have anything. I just don't have anything. I 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 don't have anything. We don't have anything. I don't have anything i don't have anything I don't. no you don't and it goes on for over another minute longer she's only been in the job a couple of months and has said i don't have anything more than i think i've said it in my entire life remember the word cacistocracy government by the worst possible individuals it truly is embarrassing they should be embarrassed speaking of embarrassed she should be embarrassed, but she won't be because she's clueless. Our vice president. The cackling nincompoop who is a heartbeat <laughs> away from the presidency. The comprehensively incapable Kamala Harris. Yes, comprehensively incapable Kamala Harris, who really doesn't do anything. She's, she's really taken this, this uh, ceremonial position seriously and doing as little that has impact as possible and then she's back in the uh in the brain kitchen making word salads about i don't know various issues when we discuss this issue and when we contemplate what yeah. it means mm -hmm. understand that it could have a profound impact on just about everyone in our country 
who has any association or interest or concern about these various issues. Yes, the various issues that are of profound concern to us. Yes. Yes. And then she gets in front of mayors and says more confusing things. So when I think about what we need to do to address mayor, mayor, and um, what ultimately does so often fall on the shoulders of our mayors to address huh? on a community level. What? Confused? Yes. Almost as much as Joe is. And I guess that's why they don't have lunch together every week, because he gets really confused after she talks to him and she tells him lies about things like the Florida bill that protects parents' rights and gives parents a stake in what their kids are being taught. We're going to stand up against a law that says don't say gay. No, it doesn't. Basically restricting kindergarten through third grade teachers in Florida to be able to love openly and teach what they believe is important for people to understand. Uh, you know, it's important for people to understand how to read, how to write, maybe how to do a little math in there. Not how to teach them or allow them to be open to love. What the hell are you talking about? But then again, Kamala, you know, like I said, she says things that don't make sense. You know, listen, women are getting pregnant every day in America. Yeah. And this is a real issue. It's a real issue. These people are crazy. Speaking of crazy, Nancy Pelosi talking about going to Taiwan. And I, I heard uh, earlier today that Newt Gingrich is the only Speaker of the House. As a matter of fact, the highest ranking American elected official to visit Taiwan ever. That's an ally. That's a place that, that we need. And that's a place that we should defend and let everyone know we will defend them. Newt's the only one who's been there. Pelosi would be the second person in that perch of Speaker of the House to go there. And I know Biden doesn't want her to go. He says the, the Pentagon doesn't want her to go. China doesn't want Nancy to go. Maybe that's why the Pentagon doesn't want her to go, because China told them so, or they told Joe. I think that should be a bipartisan group that goes, because I was against this at first. I was like, why the hell are you going to Taiwan? Why are we going there? Well, now that you've said it, and China said, no, you got to go. But bring... Bring some Republicans with you. Bring Chuck Schumer. Bring uh, Kevin McCarthy, the next Speaker of the House. And bring Mitch McConnell because he actually said you have to go or China wins on this. And I think he's right. I think he is absolutely right. That would be a very cool thing. But Nancy Pelosi surprised me. And I heard this on Laura Ingram's show. This was Nancy Pelosi talking tough on China. Just because China is a big economy and because we have a big relationship doesn't mean that the challenge to our conscience, if we don't speak out against that in China, we lose all moral authority to speak out against it in any other country. With China's WTO uh, accession, is simply giving China a blank check as it failed to comply with market amendments. In this, while China has charged over, changed over 30 years in some respects, it is appalling that its human rights record has worsened. Hmm. I agree with Nancy Pelosi on all of that. I am stunned. I'm shocked. I'm appalled. But I'm kind of happy that that exists in her brain. So let her go. 
let her go. Maybe it's her last big government paid trip before the midterms and she's bounced out of the speakership because she's going to retire anyway. She's got a lot of money. Uh, she made it. Her husband made it with all that magic trading. Does You know, she never tells him anything, but it's all that magic trading that she does. Hmm. Interesting. Tomorrow, as I said, is the um, the date we're going to get the numbers on whether or not we are in a recession. And it's a big stinking deal. It is a very big stinking deal whether or not we are in a recession. And it will affect every American, no matter how wealthy or how poor you are. It will have an effect on us. Each one of us. And um, so we need some winner's wisdom in this world. And our buddy Jim Stovall, the guy who created the Narrative Television Network, the guy who, when he lost his vision, when he became blind, didn't say, I give up. He learned how to do things without his vision. In fact, he's written more than 70 books. He gives speeches all over the country, all over the world. He is a man with great common sense. And he joins us almost every week to discuss his column, the Winner's Wisdom column, available at jimstovall.com. And Jim Stovall, you are talking about something that is near and dear to my heart when you start talking about debt and what we are doing to ourselves. The column, entitled Any Other Name, doesn't sound like it's dealing with debt, but you hit a bullseye this week again, my friend. Well, thank you. I uh... I, I borrowed from the Bard, and you never go wrong using Shakespeare, but uh, I'm a huge baseball fan, and in the summer, I listen to a game almost every night on the satellite, and they are just deluged with these ads to borrow out the equity out of your home. And, and, but they don't say, you know, borrow out your home. They say, unlock your hard-earned dollars. And, I mean, who wouldn't want to unlock the hard-earned dollars? It, it's not like borrowing and sacrificing your future. It is just unlock these dollars you've worked so hard on. And, you know, and I, I just, I think sometimes we listen to people's rhetoric and we don't really get the, uh, uh, the crux of what's going on. You know, debt by any other name is debt. And, you know, our government, inside the Beltway, they do it. And, well, we're going to invest in the economy. No, you're not. You're going to borrow money uh, that we don't have and give it to people. That's what you're doing. I mean, and now, if, if we're going to do that, let's just call it what it is. But, uh, you know, we have a tendency to flower these things up. And, um, you know, and, and debt is one of the most insidious things out there because it's so easy to do and it's so hard to pay back. And my grandfather always said, if you don't have the money to pay for it now, what makes you think you're going to have the money to pay for it later? <laughs> but, you know, the, you know, I understand some people think it's wise to take all my credit card debt and, you know, lump it into one thing and pay it off with a home equity. Well, the problem is uh, most people that do that just run up the credit cards again. That is historically, statistically what happens. And unfortunately, when you take money out of your home and you go down to the mall and buy a pair of tennis shoes and pay for them 30 years amortized, you'll find out down the road you've paid $1,000 for this cheap pair of tennis shoes that wore out six years ago and you don't even know where they are. And it's just the worst way to pay for anything. And home ownership, building up equity, is one of the truly 
the last vestiges of tax-advantaged savings that the average American has, and, and this is just polluting it, and they're doing it with this flowery language, so people don't even know what they're getting into. But, uh, you know, by any other name, a rose by any other name might smell as sweet, as Shakespeare said, but uh, uh, debt smells like fertilizer. Yeah, it really does. And it's a lesson that is best learned as soon as possible in your life. I, I didn't catch on to that until I was well into my 20s. And then I looked up and I went, who ran up all these credit cards? Who's the guy who's responsible for this? And the day you plant your flag into the, the mission that you want to be debt free and then start working towards it, as you said, it always takes a long time to pay it off. But once you cross that line, Jim, and you, I got a feeling you know this. You, you've got to be like that Dave Ramsey guy. Once you cross that line and you're not making a car payment every month and you're paying off your credit card every month because you're not digging yourself into a debt hole, once you get there, it is a freeing feeling because you now can try and plan to maybe make use of all the capital you have coming in from work or whatever ventures to create something even bigger for yourself. My grandmother used to say, be smart for yourself. And I, I think you can't be any smarter than being debt-free. Oh, I've gone from poverty to prosperity, thanks to the wonderful free enterprise system we live in. But the two greatest days, going from poverty to becoming a multimillionaire, the two greatest days were, number one, when we got completely out of debt. And that, like you, it was way back in my 20s. We haven't owed anybody anything. And number two was when I had that six-month emergency fund. And, and now we just keep a year. It sits in the checking account. And what that does, it's total peace of mind. You know, first of all, you don't owe anybody anything. Secondly, every time the car smokes, the refrigerator makes a funny noise, something's on the roof, the tree does, so I don't care. Just, you know, now it's not a panic, what are we going to do, and that, that feeling in the pit of your stomach, you don't get that anymore. Now it's, you know, hey, which guy do we call for this? Who's the guy on this? And, and, and that's the whole deal. And uh, nothing is an emergency anymore. Nothing's a panic uh, you know, everything's great, and you're just drawing out of this reserve. So the two greatest days on your road to being a millionaire are, number one, getting out of the hole, and number two, getting a reserve so everything's not an emergency. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the reserve. The reserve is key, and I need to go back and look at mine because as, as gas prices went up and as the cost of everything in our life has gone up this year, I'm not going to lie about it. We might have stuck our fingers into the reserve pool and mm -hmm. uh, drained it a little bit. So it's time to get back to it. And the easiest way to do it is, as Jim said, you put it in an account that you don't have any checks for. You don't have a uh, you don't have an ATM card for that account or you put it at 20 bucks a week in the envelope in the back of the underwear drawer that nobody knows about. And before you know it, there's a thousand bucks in there and you stuff it in the bank. And it's it's all about doing it just a little bit at a time. And before you know it, you're on that road. Jim, I wish we could teach the government this lesson. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, and it's become such a part of the culture inside the Beltway to, to borrow money. I, I've, I've done a, a lot of work for years for the U.S. Department of Education at the Narrative Television Network, and when we first started doing these projects back in the 90s, they actually called me in once, and they said, you had this three-year plan, and, and uh, we have an issue here. And I said, what's the issue? He said, well, you're ahead of schedule, and you haven't allocated your funds. 
And I said, well, you're welcome. And they said, no, no, this is bad. This is very bad. And I said, why is this bad? And they said, well, if we don't allocate all our funds, which in their spending money we don't have, if we don't do that, uh, the the Office of Budget and Management won't give us as more money next year. And I said, where did we're not in Kansas anymore here, Toto. I mean, we are now in a in a world where being on time and under budget is not good. That is not good, Mike. We have got to uh, be behind schedule and overspend so they'll give us more money in the future. And that's how bad that culture has gotten. Yeah, and it seems crazy to me. It does. Any normal person says you can't run the country like this if we're not allowed to run our households like this. And that's all I would ask. Run our government. I almost said your government, but it's ours. Like we have to run our households. If I can't afford cable, guess what? I'm not going to have cable. So right. uh, just just a little common sense would be okay with me, Jim. I'd be I'd be just fine with that. Yeah, a little. I mean, uh, any would be a start. And uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, if we ran our households or our businesses the way they run Social Security or the budget as a whole, I mean, we would literally go to jail. I'm not exaggerating. I mean, you know, uh, the I mean, you want the definition of a Ponzi scheme? Look at what they've done to Social Security. Yeah. I mean, there is no lockbox. You know, it, it's it's the greatest misnomer of all time. It's not social. And there's no security. And uh, several years ago, I spoke for the Federal Reserve, and I asked the chairman. I said, "What do you think people would be most interested to know about the Federal Reserve?" He said, "We're not federal, and we have no reserve. That's that's who we are." Wow. And that scares me even more than some parts of this discussion. Jim Stovall is our guest. Uh, he's he's with me every week, and he shares the knowledge that he also puts out in the Winner's Wisdom column, which is available at jimstovall.com, so you can read it or you can follow me wherever I am because typically Jim lets me kind of pick at the column and he gives me the extra lesson, which means you get it. But if you go to jimstovall.com, and fill out the form. It'll show up in your inbox every week, and it's free. You don't have to unlock the debt in your home in the equity to get it. It's a gift from Jim Stovall to you. Jim, you are a gift, and I thank you once again for being here every week. Thank you, my friend.